0: This episode is brought to you by AWOM Lab. AWOM Lab is a creative space that offers membership for women entrepreneurs. The membership includes access to a cafe, high-speed Wi-Fi, a small retail store, and a full-service photography and podcast studio. The lab fosters women's empowerment
1: and is designed to inspire, motivate, and connect women in South Florida. a one Lab also has an in-house creative agency that develops content for female-owned brands. Most importantly, the vibe and energy is that of collaboration and hustle. So if you're an entrepreneur looking to kickstart your business, and need a place to work from or event space, make sure to follow AWOM Lab on Instagram. That's A-W-O-M-L-A-B. GGB is a proud member and we can't wait to see you at the lab. See you there.
2: Girls gunboss
1: is a driven women's guide to love life and business
2: hosted by the boss ladies alex and gabby combined their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you you're listening to girls gone boss
1: hey everyone welcome to girls gone boss i'm gabby and i'm alex and we are here back again with a new episode and we're just Very, very excited because yeah, uh, Alex is dying here (laughs) because she just can't believe the guests we have today. But so if I sound nervous,
0: I'm sorry, guys. I'm just really excited. But you're going to be confident. I am going to be confident. So our guest today began her impressive career in sales and has and has held top senior roles at major corporations like Gallo Winery, Wilkes Broadcasting. Sajana and Beasley Broadcasting. After one year of substantial revenue results at Beasley Broadcasting, she pitched herself for a position that didn't previously exist and was awarded the VP of Sales title for the company. Over the next few years, she pitched herself for and was awarded the newly created EVP sales position and ultimately the Chief Revenue Officer title. During this time, Heather launched her personal brand to empower women and give them the insight and tips she had longed for as a young professional. Heather was recognized as a 2015 Glass Ceiling Award winner and named as one of the most influential women in radio in 2017 before her very sudden and unexpected termination. Faced with the choice to go back to her comfort zone or take a leap of faith and pursue her passion to elevate others, Heather made the very easy decision to make her company Boston heels her full-time job. Over the next few months, Heather was featured on the Elvis Duran morning show, wrote and self-published her first book, Confidence Creator, and was named the brand ambassador for Perry Ellis International's female brand, Rafaela. She was also named a limit-breaking female founder by Thrive Global. She's also a member of the Florida International University Advisory Council to further serve as a mentor and leader in South Florida community. After Confidence Creator launched, it became number one bestseller in the first week. And Heather was picked up by the Harry Walker Speaker Agency, the most elite speaking agency in the U.S. The list of speakers include the Obamas, the Clintons, among many other world leaders, business icons, and best-selling authors. Heather has been featured in USA Today, Bloomberg, CNN, and various other media outlets for her work to advance others. Heather is here today to give us all a crash course on the Monaghan Method, where she shines light on the steps women need to take to elevate themselves in business and in life. Welcome to Girls Gone Boss, Heather Monahan.
2: Hi guys! Hi. I'm happy to
0: be here. Thank you. We're happy
1: to have you. Welcome.
2: I'm your excited.
0: your resume is incredibly impressive. It's I'm, very long. It's it's long, but it's good. <laughs> it's it's worth such good seeing it all. Seriously. <laughs> so can you? I want to kind of share the story of how I found out that you were in Miami and how I first heard about you. Please do. So I was listening to the to the Elvis Duran Morning Show as I do almost every single morning on my commute to work, and then you appeared and I was like, who is this woman? I immediately Google stalked you and went on Instagram and saw your pictures. And I was like, she's stunning. She's beautiful. She has so much confidence downloaded your book And we're here today. I I went on your website and I saw that you said you put like, oh, I I reside in Miami with my son. And I was like, Gabby, we have to have her on the show. I took a leap of faith. I said, I'm going to email her. And the same day you emailed back and you agreed to come on the show and like, I can already picture myself on my computer. I was sitting at my desk and I got so excited that I told everyone in the office that you were going to be on the show. And thank you for
2: being here. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to. It's so funny. I never think about the Elvis Duran show anymore because it was a year ago. However, I, I'm still a listener. I've been a listener forever. And this morning, I dropped my son to school, and I was driving home, and they had the worst bit ever on the show. So I was texting Froggy, holy cow, I'm here to save you. Get me back on the show. (laughs) And he wrote me back, okay, I'll talk to Elvis and get back with you. You're right, this bit is terrible. So it was kind of funny. (laughs) Okay,
0: yeah, um, I'm a big fan of the show. So Walk us through your journey, like how you got to write the book, how you started your career in broadcasting and media, radio. Just tell everyone a little bit about
2: yourself and your background. Sure. I grew up poor in Worcester, Mass. My mom was a single mom with four kids. And... You know, my childhood was tough. We just we didn't have much, and I always thought, you know, there's this one lane over here on the left-hand side that I live in, which is, you know, just get by, work your tail off, and then there were these other people that lived this really beautiful life and they were so lucky and confident. I didn't know back then confidence was a choice. It wasn't about being born into a certain bank account or a certain zip code. But I believed that was the case, so it was the case in my life. As I got older, I thought, I can't end up on food stamps. I can't struggle like my mom did. What can I do? And I was always told, you're the athletic one, the social one. So I thought, if that's who I am and everyone tells me I'm that, I just have to work hard. I'll outwork everyone. So that's what I always did. I had a paper route when I was a little kid. I waited tables. I worked at fast food restaurants. I became a bartender. I would- Lifeguard, I would work as many jobs as I could get because I just didn't want to struggle. And I went to college, I graduated, and I went right into the wine business because I saw these salespeople driving sick cars. And I thought, they're making big money. I need in. And I was one of three women on a team of a hundred men. It was a very male-dominated business. And I became the number one salesperson that first year and got promoted. Unfortunately, I got sexually harassed, so I wasn't confident back then, and I didn't take that person on the way I would today. I ran away because I felt ashamed and embarrassed and disappointed. And I went home to my boyfriend at the time, who I lived with and cried about it. And right after that, I met a guy in the radio business. And he hired me immediately. I went to work for him. A couple months later, my boyfriend, who I thought I was marrying, cheated on me. And in that moment, the man I was just newly working for said, you look so depressed and so down. What's going on? I told him. And he said, you know what? I really believe in you. Why don't you hop on a plane with me? And I'm going to drop you off somewhere. I can't tell you where. But if you make this decision, it is going to be the best professional decision of your life. And I had nothing to stay there for anymore. So I said, yeah, let's do it. He dropped me off in Saginaw, Michigan, which is not a very fabulous place. But I was able to take a $27 million property. And I led that team in under three years to convert that operation into a $55 million property. We sold out. I made a lot of money. And at a very young age, I'd made a big reputation and name for myself in the broadcast industry. I left there. I went to work for a publicly traded company, Beasley Broadcasting at the time. And I just kept pitching myself for that next opportunity and then proving myself and pitching myself. And ultimately, I got to the C-suite. I was the only non-family member at that level. And I was there for 14 years and and did a great job until the founder of our Company became ill and elevated his daughter to be my boss. And once that happened and she became CEO, it was um, a countdown to my last day. So she fired me as soon as she could, um, happy as she could be to do it. And that was a really low moment for me because I had never been fired. And I was distraught and I went under a weighted blanket and I bombed Chardonnays and I cried and I felt I had lost everything. However, what I learned was. Throughout my entire career, I'm 44 and through 20 something years, I had been learning ways to hack and get around things, but I hadn't realized I had figured it out. And I started writing. I need a 30 day plan. I started writing. No one knows I've been fired. I need to let people know. I started, you know, really embracing all the things I've always done but being methodical about it and I put it out on social media and everyone came to help me and it was you know received so well even though my closest friends were like are you crazy why are you putting this on social media so you know being transparent asking for help those were really bold moves that elevated me quickly and advanced me got me on the Elvis Duran show to tell my story and it was there that Elvis said to me well obviously you're writing a book heather right and I said well yeah obviously However, I really wasn't. But what in that moment he held me accountable to that next step I needed to push myself to. But I had always thought I'm the social one and the athlete. Now how can I be an author? And what I've learned through this whole thing is our whole life we allow other people to put their self-limiting beliefs on us and In this moment, in this time when I was fired and I was on my own figuring out what am I going to do, I decided to push all those self-limiting beliefs back to everyone who gave them to me and bust through the lanes. There aren't lanes anymore. I'm not just good in radio. I am a strong person and I've got a voice and I have a lot to share and I can be an author. Doesn't mean I wasn't petrified when it was about time for the book to come out. I was. It was still scary. However, I just kept leaning into things using these hacks that I've created throughout my life. And that's what got me um, here today. Wow. Wonderful. That's So inspiring. Yeah. I, I have was there ever a conflict with your personal brand
0: and while you were working your corporate job? Did they ever have any issues with you
2: having your blog and doing what you do, like inspiring women? Oh, for or were sure. they cool with it? Oh, really? I mean, that's in my opinion, why I was that's why I was fired. So I started my personal brand. I took my social channels public. I launched my own website and I started blogging at night and on the weekends you know, a few years back. So it was my last two years at that organization. And the CEO's daughter, who was the CFO at the time, contacted me right away and said, shut this down or you're going to have major problems here. And I said, that's wrong. What I'm doing is positive. It is Authentic and real. It does not harm the company. I'll put whatever verbiage you want all over the page to say this has no affiliation. And I said, besides, I've done my homework because I had, and it's so important to do research. And I saw Bank of America, these major Coca Cola had C level executives who launched personal brands, and it was fine. So if they could do it at companies that were, you know, 50 times the size of the one that I was with, then I could too. And she just made my life basically a living hell for the next two years, you know, trying to run me out. But at that point in time, I couldn't imagine parting with my paycheck, parting with my team that I had built over 14 years. I just, I just, I couldn't stand it. However, I thought this is the way it is instead of realizing it doesn't have to be that way. And firing that woman from my life ended up being the best thing that's ever happened to me.
1: Which um, you mentioned in your book about the villains in our life, because we all um, are going to meet those villains and how we have to, with confidence, slay them. And I guess this is what was one of your villains.
2: This was the main villain for me. So it used to be that when we would, be in a meeting together, it was typically she and I were the only females because broadcast is a male dominated organization at, you know, or industry at that level. And so we would be in an office with 10 men. She would walk in and hug everyone and she would walk right by me. So for a year, I would put my head down and my confidence would be chipping away and hers would be growing and elevating. And finally, I got to the point one day I was at home and I was crying in my house alone saying, I don't want to go in there tomorrow because I have a meeting and it's gonna. she's going to do the same thing she always does. Ignore me. And I'm going to put my head down and feel badly about myself. And I thought, okay, what can I do differently to regain my power and my confidence? And I thought, I'm just, I'm not going to be rude, but I'm going to say, excuse me, you must have missed me. I'm sitting over here. Hi. Hi. And I practiced and I put on my best clothes and I did my hair amazing. And I, I I really, I inhaled lavender and I listened to my fire up music. Like I did all the triggers to pull that I know can really push me to get to where I need to go. So I set myself up for success, knowing it was going to be hard. And I went in there and I did it. And in that moment, I built my confidence. I sat up taller. Everyone at the table looked and started laughing. And she really just went and put her head down. She didn't know what to do. So, I shift the dynamic without being a jerk or being aggressive, letting people know I'm here and I'm going to be recognized. I love it. Wow. Yeah, no,
1: because I think all of us, especially like going into our careers and just starting, we do come across those people and you're right. They do kind of deplete your confidence? Um, Because I feel like sometimes you feel like they're judging you a lot. So you're like, wow, everything that I'm about to say or
2: about to do is being scrutinized. That's when you know you're in the wrong place. So in that moment right there, you're in the wrong room. If you feel like that, and for me, it was, I can't dress a certain way because she won't like it. I can't speak like this because she'll give me that look that she's not approving. Those are the moments you realize, you know, get real with yourself. If I can't be who I really am, I'm not going to be my best. I'm, my life isn't going to head where it's supposed to be and, and be purpose-driven and meaningful, and I'm not going to be strong. I need to get out of here.
0: But that's a shame because the corporations are the ones really losing out on that person. Th- that's the person that should stay in the company to flourish, not the person that's bringing everybody else down and has this power trip. So it's, it's really, I've experienced that at my current job, and it's really crazy to me how some people are still in, have their jobs and their roles when they really shouldn't. And then all these other people are leaving that are benefit, they're a benefit to the company and yet they're going somewhere else to become a benefit somewhere else. So what do you think is ultimately going to happen? Well, that person, eventually that 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 person will no longer be in
2: that company exactly it will take care of itself and you need to turn it over and and I had to turn it over too to say I care so much and I don't want to see my team suffer and the company go down and then you give yourself a little space and say I can only manage me take a step back and watch what happens to that company you will see in time right. everything takes care of itself
1: I agree it does I love it and a one key thing, too, that I got from the book that now I'm really checking myself on is the whole apologizing and I'm sorry. And I know we have to substitute it for excuse me. And it's so funny because Alex and I were talking about it over, over chat and I was like, oh, my God, I say I'm sorry all the time. Like, oh, I'm sorry I'm late or I'm sorry, like, oh, but I'm you sorry don't realize it, how I didn't much get you this on it. time for you. Or I'm sorry, like, I, you know, I didn't yeah. call you back or I'm sorry my email's late or I don't know. But... I love how we have to substitute that word because sorry doesn't build confidence.
2: No, it depletes it. And it's really putting you beneath the other person like that you're to blame for something. I was at my son's school the other day and I was having a discussion with a teacher and she hadn't known. My son and I had been robbed at a gas station a year prior. And she was hearing the story for the first time. And she grabbed my hand and said, I am so sorry, Heather. I said, why did you set the robber up? Are you the one that put him on me? You know, because people don't even realize they think they're empathizing. Instead, what you could say is, I really want you to know I empathize with this. My heart breaks for you. And that sounds really hard. When you change those words, you're no longer blaming yourself or accepting blame for something you have no reason to accept the blame for.
1: It's like, it's a thing that women, we do a lot, right? Absolutely. But why do you think? It's kind of autopilot. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And
2: it's, it's why, why do we do that? It's our culture, it's our society, it's what we've allowed for, it's media, it's the messaging that we receive. You know, women are supposed to be having babies and, you know, doing this and doing that. And it's allowing others to put their beliefs onto us and we're accepting them at some point in our life. We realized other women were saying sorry all the time. And we thought that's what we're supposed to do. And we allowed to take that on. Now it's on us to say, push that back. No, actually, I'm not gonna be sorry that you bumped into me. However, I will say, excuse me. Well, Gabby and I already implemented the seven-day
0: yeah. the seven-day seven challenge that you have that we got from your book. So for our listeners out there, there's a challenge that Heather has on her book. It's for seven days. You cannot
1: apologize for anything yeah. it's hard guys because I've had to like in my chats or in my texts I'm like sorry and then I'm like oh I gotta delete this and then I go back delete it and I'm like yeah excuse me for being such and such and I have to reword it it's it's a challenge, but it's fun to actually be aware of it and change it. But until you're not aware of it, you don't realize how much you actually do it, right? Yes. Because I've been
2: deleting so many emails.
0: <laughs> it's like, delete, 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 no more sorry in my vocabulary.
2: No. And it empowers you. because well, What's even more empowering than that is when you turn it from, I'm sorry, you go, the next step is, excuse me, but when you get to the next level and you thank people— it is unbelievable the response i get so you know let's I, let's pretend i showed up late today we know that would never happen cuz i'm early for everything <laughs> however if i was late coming in and saying ladies thank you so much for understanding the traffic outside is a disaster let's get started that's so much stronger yes. than oh my gosh i'm so sorry I'm i can't a believe mess. and it changes exactly. the mood too right it does yeah. it so, really and does. also you talked about a lot about like Bad
1: talking about yourself, like, oh, I'm such a mess, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm fat. To change that vocabulary. Right. You're the only
2: person that holds the pen for you to create your narrative, create and define your brand, and create your reputation. If you don't want to do that, you're allowing someone else in the world to do it for you because everybody's got a reputation and a brand, whether you realize it or not. So why not empower yourself? Take that pen and write down what you would want it to say. Beautiful girl, wonderful heart, strong woman. You know, write down all those things. And now, why don't you start promoting yourself that way to the world? Every other man is, and it's fine for them to do it. So why isn't it okay for you? And why not see it like this? If I'm not promoting myself that way, other people aren't going to be inspired to promote themselves. So why not start that domino effect with me? And that's really what was the catalyst for me to start promoting myself in a positive fashion instead of, I would say, self-deprecating things. Well, it makes everyone else more comfortable. Not everyone's as successful as me. I should back it off a little. No, I need to turn it up so people know what they can do as well. Because if I could do this, imagine what you can do.
1: Right. Only insecure people will be turned off or think like, oh my God, she's so conceited. But that's
2: okay. That's about them. That's not
1: about me. Exactly. And the beautiful thing too is what you learned from your son that is also that you share about. I learned a lot from him so you gotta right, give me some right. more I'm info I'm gonna be specific <laughs> it's about um, having um, writing underneath your shoe yeah that's a cute like story positive. You yeah you should yeah. go yeah. into it for our listeners
2: sure so my son's really big into basketball and he one day he came out we were getting ready for school in the morning so early and it's so annoying you know it's 6.30 in the morning and he comes out has a marker and his basketball game shoe and he said can you write on my shoe for me and I was so annoyed I'm, what do you We need to get dressed, get ready. Did you eat your breakfast? You know, I'm caught in that rat race to get out of the house. And he said, No, mom, really. And I said, Okay, what do you want me to write? And he said, You can do all things. And I said, Why am I writing this? And he said, Mom, No one is confident all of the time. So when I'm feeling really good right now, I need to leave myself a reminder for that moment where I might not be feeling my best in the second or third quarter. I want to look down and remember, I am the best. That's really cute. Wow, that's yeah. deep. And he's nine? Well, now he's 11. Oh, wow. But back then when he told us yes, that, when, right? when we had that actual Well, he's dialogue. a product
0: of his environment, and he definitely learned that from you. Well, so. I didn't <laughs> know that. And
2: you know what's so funny? Uh, and I thank you for saying that. When um, I was speaking at something— Oh, no, no, this is, this is crazy. An NBA player reached out to me on LinkedIn, sent me a DM, and said, Heather, read your book, and the one point of differentiation between a good NBA player and a great one— Is confidence. And I thought that was interesting because I did not know that. I thought it would be skill, right? Yeah. So I said, wow, you know, this is very eye opening for me. Thank you for sharing that. And he said, I'd really like to meet with you to work on mine. And I freaked out, I was so scared, because, you know, don't forget, just a year prior, I was a media executive, and that's who I am. And now I'm an author, and now I'm gonna be a confidence coach for the NBA? What, you know, it was getting crazy. So I was super scared. But anyways, I went to the meeting, and and the young man, he was 24, he reminded me so much of my son. So while we were sitting there, I said, tell me what your favorite chapter was. And it was my son's chapter about basketball, right? And he said, but I have to tell you something. Heather, your son didn't create that. I said, oh, no, you're right. Steph Curry came up with it. He said, no, the Bible. And so there is a passage in the Bible. This is exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can do all things
1: through Christ who strengthens you. There you you go. mm -hmm.
2: So that's really where the whole thing originated. So it was sort of interesting for me to learn that. Which, did did he bring it? From like a bi- the Bible, like Dylan, right? Is his name your son? Uh, you know, I don't think, I don't know. I, I thought it was from Steph Curry, but I never, Steph Curry does yeah. write on his shoes. And so I, I figured that's where my son had picked it up I because that's it. one of his favorite players. I love it. So um, do you have
0: any tips for managing someone that's actually putting, so we were talking about putting yourself down, but what about when other people put you down? Like whether it's like a parent or a spouse, a coworker, a friend, do you have any tips for that? Because sure. sometimes that's kind of hard too, to- deal with.
2: So I always say, number one, one of the biggest things you can do is fire the villains in your life. So if you have someone that's putting you down, speaking negatively to you, you need to get them out of your life immediately. That's number one. You know, if you want to build confidence, that's the number one thing to do. Now, you said, what if it's your family or it's a coworker and you're not in charge of them? In those situations where you can't fire the villain, you need to create boundaries. And people are going to treat you the way you allow them to treat you. You are showing and teaching people how to treat you. And I know this firsthand because back 10, 11 years ago, I was I had just given birth to my son. My CEO at the time called me and said, Heather, I need you to go on a work trip. This was 10 days after I had my child. And I said, in my mind, oh my gosh, I just had a C-section. I was still bleeding. And he's asking me to get on a flight. Today, if I got that phone call, I'd say, Wow, I guess you didn't get the message. I just gave birth. I'm going to go ahead and shoot you some pics over, and I'm sure there's somebody else a little bit more healthy that can make the trip, let me know how it goes, and let me know they get the pics of my baby. No, back then I did not have confidence, and I said, okay, uh, what time do I leave and where am I going? Because I was afraid and down on myself, and I didn't want to lose my job. So you see the stark difference between me then and me now. It wasn't about what he asked. It's about how I respond. So if you're responding to people in a very strong way that s- supports you and elevates you, they're going to start supporting and elevating you too, or they're going to create distance from you. And either way is a win. So if someone says something very disparaging to you, say, excuse me, what did you just say? That's all you have to say. And they're going to see in your eyes, oh, heck no, I am not tolerating this. And what are they going to say it again if they do? You know what? I wouldn't speak to you that way, and I'm not going to tolerate you speaking to me that way either. Okay. So nip it in the butt because it's only going to get worse and other people are going to see it and they're going to emulate that same behavior. And suddenly you're the person that everyone's trash talking about. Right. And then what about bad mouthing people? Like
0: people around you, they're constantly like bad mouthing others and, or just yourself. And
2: that happens a lot in corporate. I say to people, I live in a no negativity zone. So if you want to go get negative, get out of this little circle right here. Bring it wherever you want to go. But when you're around me, we fly at a higher level.
1: And the one way to do that is to be present, right? That's a good way of like trying to stay away from like being anxious as what's to come or like worried about what happened, right? Because I feel like that happens to me a lot at work when I feel overwhelmed with, with work. I'm like, oh my God, I can't. And I get into this bubble of negativity of like, oh my God, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But then I think, okay, I have to be present. I have to take on the ch- whatever task I have to do. Let me do that. And then I'll focus on whatever else I have because I see my to-do list and it's like huge and I have not crossed it out. And I'm just like, oh. so. What, am I doing it right? Or how
2: how can I help myself? That's a great coping mechanism. I call it compartmentalize. You kind of compartmentalize three-fourths of that list and you focus and take on that one quarter that you know you can manage today and just laser in on that. And then you get the momentum going and you feel better about yourself. It's a great strategy. Another thing that I do is I have a handful of people on speed dial that when I call I know they will talk me off of any ledge and one of my friends his name's Rafe when I call him with that same challenge that you have he says to me all right Monahan remember this in 24 hours do you know what you did in 2005 and he'll start reminding me I wrote a presentation I got up on a stage I flew on a plane he'll tell me these amazing things I've done that in that moment, I totally forgot about. And I thought, you know what? You're right. I can do this. You find your superpower. You you definitely do. But sometimes it's nice that you have that those amazing people that stretch you to remind you, you've gotten through this before and you can get through this again. And the final thing that I like to focus on is gratitude. I take a step back from the desk. I push away. You know, put the phone down and think of three things I can be grateful for because just start shifting your perspective from one of poor me, negative to, wow, I really have so much in life and I just need to take a breath and calm down. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Being gratitude. I'm going to try that a lot more because
1: sometimes it is overwhelming. But then I realize, hey, girl, you could be like working at this horrible job that you don't love and I'm definitely living a great life. So that's a good tip. Thank you. For sure. Yeah, that's true. Um,
0: You in your book, you talk about the fear of being exposed as a fraud. And we've talked about that before in the podcast, but I'd like to touch a little bit more on it, especially coming from you, that you can teach us a thing or two about that. So we all, as women, even men, we all feel like one day they're going to figure it all out and know that we really don't know as much as we know, or I shouldn't take that promotion because then they're going to know that I'm really not good enough. Or how do you shift that? How do you get rid of that, that
2: those thoughts that are internal? So they're not going to disappear immediately. It's going to happen over time. It's a progression. And you need to realize that. And you also, journaling has been a great way for me to watch my progression. And I learned this through throwing my back out when I was injured um, a year and a half ago the woman that worked with me at the rehab facility would write down my pain level on this day and and note my progress. And one day I was in there saying, I haven't made any progress. And she opened my chart and walked with me and I could see and I felt so much stronger. So why not do that for you in your life, right? So either do it through journaling so you can go back and see how far you've come Or I also say, look at your Instagram stories, look at your Instagram, or look at the pictures on your iPhone. When you start passing through, that can be a visual journal for you to see how far you've come. When you start recognizing and appreciating the growth that you have, you start realizing, wow, I didn't think I could go into this job and make it work. And I did. And look how far I've come since then. Then you start changing the way you think about things instead of saying, why would I be good enough for this? You start thinking, why wouldn't I be good enough for this? Because you use these other leverage points in your life where you did succeed or you didn't die, you made it through. And you start saying, if I made it through that, if I was able to take that job on and make it work, why wouldn't I be able to make this one work? And again, you have to have those people that you can pull in those moments of emergency but for me becoming the author, that was definitely a fraud moment. Right the week before I was going to launch the book, everything was done. It's about to drop. And in that moment, someone very close to me who was a lawyer said, You're going to get sued. I read the book. It's a bad knockoff of Jen Sincero's. You are a badass. And you are calling out too many stories in your life. And this is going to cost you a fortune. Pull the book. Don't do it. So in that moment, I took that on and said, "Okay, I can't do this. I'm crazy. What was I thinking? And I wanted to go get under the weighted blanket again and hide and and wanted everything to go away because that's what I do when I panic. And instead, I picked up the phone and I called that person that's ahead of me, my editor. He's done 19 books. And I said, I'm just going to give him a call. And he's my cheerleader. And I said, Ryan, what do you think about this? And he said, well, I'm not a lawyer, but I'll tell you this. Do you think Jen Sincero wrote the only self-help book, Heather? And I said, no. And he said, okay, did you take Jen Sincero's book and try to emulate it? No. Okay, are the stories in your book true? Yes. Then you know what? You need to publish it. And once I heard that validation from someone that is on my team, that is rooting for me, that didn't have self-limiting beliefs, I was able to push those other ones back to that other person and move forward and take that next step, not knowing, but I had faith in me and in him together as a team. You know what? I think I can be an author. And then for that two weeks later to find out it was a number one bestseller. And now today, when you go on Amazon, my book is a companion purchase with Jensen Sincero. You are a badass. So the irony, of the whole thing, and remember these stories when you're having that self-doubt, if I could do it, so can you. Exactly. And sometimes there will be naysayers, but you have to believe in yourself.
1: And like you said, pull from that network that's going to bring you up and and just stick to it. Because if it's in your heart... you shouldn't just quit because someone one person tells you, and I think we've heard like for ourselves, Alex, like you know, doing a podcast and creating content, like we're gonna have a lot of opinions, but the good thing is that we we both believe in this, so when she's feeling doubtful because maybe something she's hearing something. I'm sometimes I'm doubtful. We both are like, no, we're good. We're good. Yeah. We're never on the same. We're always like elevating each other up. Yeah. So that's great.
2: So (laughs) we can totally relate. Yes. The other thing is when the haters come, that's a moment to celebrate and start seeing it that way. Because if you are like everyone else and you're vanilla and you're not doing anything unique, no one will ever hate on you. So you'll be nice and safe. Would you rather be that person or shine your light, be your unique self and create something new, knowing the haters are going to come? Instead, turn that into the applause moment. Oh my gosh! We're doing something different. This is how you change society. This is how you change the flipping world. I feel amazing, and that's what I've learned to do. I had a woman that wrote a whole blog about horrible things about me that weren't true, and I was so sad that someone would do that. And what if my son saw it? And you know, my mind went to this negative place. And the girl that does my makeup, um, Cynthia, who's here in Miami, and I love her to death. She was saying, wait a minute, are you really going to cry right now after I just did your eye makeup? And I said, I don't know, I'm so worried. She said, hang on. And she put her brushes down and she started applauding. And I said, what are you doing? She said, I think you finally made it. This woman took all day to go create a blog about you. Holy cow, Heather, you're breaking through. And, and thinking of it that way, was such a, it was such a great pivot for me that now if I don't have people hating on me, I get a little worried. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's so true. Because if they're
2: not talking about you, you're just not relevant. <laughs>
1: that means you're not doing anything unique right Nothing. now. So you, we got to get creating. Exactly. But also, I, you mentioned in the book, ten. 10 steps for confidence. I think it's important for our our, um, listeners to take away, get takeaways. So if you can just kind of run through them, And then share them with, or at least five of them, and then they can get the. Well, I don't know which 10
2: that I listed out in the book because I haven't been reading the book over and over again, but I can definitely give you a a few. So, practice is one of the keys. You know, people will say to me, I'm walking in to speak at something, and they'll say, Oh my gosh, aren't you nervous? There's so many people. What people are forgetting is, I've been doing this for 20 years. We lose sight of that, right? So, practice is critical. The first time I went on a podcast, I was petrified. I've done hundreds now, so I don't get nervous anymore. So practice is such a key element in confidence creation for anyone and for everyone. Get get rid of the self-deprecating humor. When I was younger, I would say, oh, blonde moment. And I thought it was funny and that people would relate to me What I learned was people started thinking, oh, Heather's a ditz. Okay, she'll be fine with me treating her like this or making jokes about her. So really, you know, curating the words that you use. You don't want to say, oh, I'm stupid, because people are going to begin to believe you're advertising yourself as that. So really work to write a list of the words you'd like to use when describing yourself and begin using them, even if it sounds fake at first. I always will go back to this. It's my single most powerful one. You have to get rid of negative people. Think of a time in your life where you worked with someone negative, you dated someone negative. I don't know what it is, but you know that story for yourself. And think about how things changed when you left that person. A lot of people will say to me, Heather, it's so easy for you to say because you have so many positive people in your life. Well, guess what? They all started showing up the day I fired that villain. When you keep negative people around you, that energy is there and positive people don't come in. That vibe that you have attracts everybody to you. So if the vibe's negative because you're down and beating yourself up and using self-deprecating words and humor... You're going to get negative people. So really put yourself first. And putting yourself first is another key way to build confidence. So many women say, well, you can do that because you're selfish, but I have to put my children first. The reality is, how's that working out for you? If you're tired all the time and you're angry at your children and you're fighting with your spouse and you're miserable... It's not working. You need to start saying, what's important to me? I like going for a walk every day or I like going to the gym. I'm going to make that my top priority because when you make yourself a top priority, the rest of the world is going to see you that way. I leave messages everywhere. I have pop-ups in my iPhone, on my computer, throughout my house to remind me of those moments that I'm not feeling so great that, you know what? I'm killing it and I'm doing really powerful things. I take screenshots of amazing notes I get from people so that I can go back in my phone and I keep a file on them. If I'm down, I go back to that file and I see how other people see me. Stepping into your superpower is another amazing way to build confidence Everyone has a superpower. Think about what what was it that you loved to do when you were younger. Ask your friends and family, what do you see as unique or different about me? And save those emails and start spending time there. If you love painting, do it at night or on the weekend, even if you can't do it as a full-time job yet, but start spending time in those things that really make you feel your best. we're we're
1: like wow breath of fresh air seriously no I love it because I feel like that's how I feel when I create and I'm doing the podcast so I totally feel that I'm like oh my god that's so true because and then you're saying in turn that will build confidence
2: because you're doing what you love and it comes easier to you so you start feeling better about yourself picture it this way do you like accounting no are you good at it No. Okay. If you had to sit for eight hours at a computer only punching numbers on spreadsheets, how would you feel about yourself at the end of the day? Horrible. Not good, right? It's not good. It's not flowing. It's not easy. It's hard and you're not winning at it. When you start putting yourself in a situation where you're creating content and you're feeling good and you're interacting and your vibes are elevating, you start feeling really powerful and that affects your confidence.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. Sometimes we just have to hear it. It's like, I think we all know this, but we have to hear it and then have to confirm it. Yeah.
2: And you also talk about like your power suit, right? You're like- how you dress yes. is really important, you know, and channeling. I will always say channel Wonder Woman, whoever you have to, but step into, for me, that's a red is a big power color for me. Navy blue, bright blue. Those are my power colors that if I'm going to, if I feel a little nervous for something, I am jumping into that and I'm going to channel Wonder Woman when I walk in there and I can see it and feel feel it. And it's a really amazing tactic when you're in a pinch.
1: But I love that, you know, you exude a lot of confidence. I mean, listeners, if you're out there, she's gorgeous, beautiful, smart. And you would think, oh my God, she's so intimidating or, but she's so down to earth. Very nice. So also, that's I think that's important too. Confidence means doesn't mean you're a mean girl too, you know what No, I mean?
2: no. And you know what's funny? So many people that worked with me for the past 20 years, when they read the book, will say, I'm in shock. And I say, why? They said, I always saw you as so confident. And for me, being the most vulnerable I've ever been is creating the book, right? Because I use my low moments in my life. I talk about getting arrested, fired, divorced, et cetera. When I stepped into that, I had never done that before. I became a whole new level of confident because I didn't feel like I had to hide anymore. It's just the real me. And also don't forget this, confidence is not a static thing. So, yes, you can see me super confident today. If something tragic happens in my life tomorrow, my confidence is going to dip, guys. It happens to everyone. But what's important is I have a plan to get myself right back up again. And that it's so important that we all have those safety nets and know what actions to take to rebuild ourselves. Because it's not just flatlining and staying really high all the time.
1: It's true. It's balancing both the good and the bad. And then just staying in your superpower as much as you can. Absolutely. We have to find the superpower, Alex.
0: Well, I actually, I want to tell everyone a story and share this with Heather. But a few, maybe a month ago or a few weeks ago, I had the honor of being asked to be a jury on a very prestigious like award show ceremony that's going to be happening in November. And they asked me to go and judge the pieces that are going to be up for the awards. And I my, I stressed out so much about what to wear to this event because there's going to be very top people, executives judging as well. And I was like, I start, I started doubting myself and I was like, I'm a fraud. They're going to find out that I'm not really as good as I am. And then I was like, no, I got to get out of that mind frame. I am good. And that is why they asked me to be there. So I was Going insane, trying to think what to wear. So, finally, I picked up my outfit the night before because I had to leave super early. I picked this green dress and I get dressed. I start leaving the house in the morning. I get in my car. I put on your audiobook. And I was like, I need a turnaround. I don't feel myself. I am not confident with what I'm wearing. So, I went back home. And I was 15 minutes late to the event, which yes, it's terrible, but I felt so confident. I went back home. I put on my leather pants, my boots, a t-shirt and my leather jacket. And I said, I don't care what anybody says about me when I show up. I showed up, everyone was in suits and I was the only one that looked like this rock and roll wannabe but i felt so Not wannabe <laughs> but i felt so good about myself yes. and so confident had i worn that dress and been in a suit with everybody else, I would have not felt good about myself. And you would have been the sea of yes, course you did, because you were only it. you. That's what's so and powerful. And I got so many compliments. As I'm walking through the office, people are like, you look great. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. And I do not have to wear a suit, because that is not my power suit.
2: <laughs> good for, <laughs> not for you. A yeah, that's so such a share great example, and it's so true. The more you are the real you, the more confident you are going to be. And that's through your words, your haircut, your clothes. It's not about making... Everyone else happy It's about making you happy Regardless of how it affects anyone else Yeah
1: As I've gotten older I've been able to embrace That part of me That I'm like I'm so okay with Who you are Who I am How I dress How I talk How I move How you know because I'm almost 40, and it's like, okay, it's now or never. And I feel okay with it. And I know sometimes, like, you know, people are like, oh, but at 40, you should." like, people don't think that I'm close to 40. Because I maybe I don't dress a certain way, but this is me. This is how I am, and I'm, I'm cool with that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yes. And I wanted to bring back that, which is very important, is the giving back portion. Um, you say that um, building confidence
2: also... Um, brings, is about bringing value to others. Absolutely. So I I talk a lot about the importance of asking for help to create confidence because no one is expected to have all the answers. However, it's also important to give value back. Just a simple act of holding a door for someone shows the value that you create in helping and giving back to other people and allows you to feel valuable. It can be so small, connecting to people. You know, Just doing good in the world always comes back to you and really helps you to feel so special about who you are and the talents that you have.
1: Love it. Yeah, it's so true. And part of giving back, you're doing something
2: with your book, correct? Yes. So I've partnered with Dress for Success Miami. And for every hardcover book that's sold in November and December for the holiday months, I'm going to donate one of my hardcovers to them so that they can give them to the women to really elevate their confidence and help them be their best selves.
1: Amazing. So everyone needs to go and get Heather's book because it's going to go to an amazing cause. And now that we're in the holiday season and
2: Thanksgiving and all that coming up, what are you most grateful for? I'm so grateful for my son. Oh my gosh. Becoming a mom for me changed my entire life, changed my perspective on everything and my own value, my own worth, my contribution, and really being able to play such a significant role in someone's life and watch them evolve and be such a close part of something so important has just been the most meaningful thing in my entire life.
1: It has to be. And
2: how do you balance being a mom and being, you know, a career woman? It's so hard. You know, I tell everyone, there's no, you know, I'm leaving um, Monday for LA and I'm gone almost all week. And it's so difficult because there's no doubt he'll have a challenge. He's either going to be struggling studying for something or maybe he hurts his leg. You never know what's going to happen. Making that decision to get on that flight, I tell him, you know what mommy's working for. I am working so hard to build something really important for you and me, for our lives, but also for other people to help other people and it's working and we're doing great work. And I really need you on my team here. And he's always like, mom, go for it. You know, good luck. I hope it goes great, but it's still, you know, it's, it's difficult and there's, many times where things have happened and I've been gone. And yeah, you have those low moments and you have to remind yourself, I'm doing this because it's my passion. It's, you know, what I want to do, not what I have to do. You know, no one's making you go to this job or that one. We all live in the United States and we can make choices every day what we want to do. And it's taking a step back and reminding ourselves that when it does get hard and your life is out of balance, because I've never found a a perfect balance. I'm, I'm either at home with him having a great time. And then thinking later, oh, shoot, I missed that opportunity. You know, you have to give up one thing to have another, not overall, but in specific moments. And I don't think anyone has that perfect life.
1: At all. No. But it's great that you find balance and it's okay to be a mom and to
2: pursue the things that you love. It's more than okay. Yeah. You should do whatever it is that you want to do. I mean, you'll find a way to make it work if it's really important to you. Amazing. And so where can people get your book? So you can get my book on Amazon. I have an Audible version, which you mentioned, yes. and I'm the narrator. That was like another crazy thing. Everyone's like, you shouldn't narrate your own book. You don't know anything about like that. It. But I thought, I, thought I would be a fraud if I didn't do it. And now I get better reviews on the Audible version than anything else. So it's kind of funny. Uh, I have a paperback, hardcover, Audible, and Kindle on Amazon. And then I am also in books and books in um, the stores. Yeah, you the echo just stores. did
1: uh, an appearance there, right? Did. Yeah,
2: I did a speech and a book signing there. Oh. Awesome. This has to be a very rewarding career for you. It's wild. It definitely is surreal. I will tell you that much. Everything is new and unknown. And I'm a rookie. You know, I'm I'm a first time self-published author. And I've really reinvented myself and my career. And it's just, it is a wild ride, but it's very exciting.
1: So excited for you. And what's next? I mean, there's so many other things I'm sure you're dabbling in. We need another book.
2: Oh, I already started okay. working on my second book, which at this point, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Confidence Creator 2.0, which is really the journey since I've been fired and becoming an entrepreneur and what I've faced and you know how I've overcome the challenges because there's been so many different ones. But there's also a lot of things, new things I'm learning. The more I've stepped into my passion and purpose, the more positive things are just arriving for me, like going on Rhea Menounos' show and her her asking me, how can I help you, Heather? I want to help you. I believe so much in what you're doing. And me saying, I want to meet Reese Witherspoon because I want my book to be a movie. And the next day, she gets a phone call from Reese Witherspoon. Or that I'm going to LA next week, and I called my friend. I said, we've got to figure out the right how." to work with because I met with Warner Brothers a couple weeks ago and they said that they don't want to do the project. And he calls me yesterday and says, we're meeting with Netflix next week in LA. So, you know, there's so many things happening and it's happening very fast. It's still, you know, it hasn't even, my book came out May 22nd. So things are happening quickly and I'm trying to just make sure I'm staying true to me, true to this brand and true to, you know, being authentic and real with others and allow that overarching plan to really guide me to where I'm supposed to go. Wow. That's amazing. I'm very excited for your future and to see everything that you're going to be doing.
0: And I'm such a fan, and I will be there rooting you on. I'm well, I'm will gonna be, be
1: yeah. there rooting you two on as <laughs> well. And I'm so excited
2: for both of you guys. Thank, thank you for you so coming
1: much. and for sharing all of your insights. I, I believe everybody's gonna be super motivated and inspired by your story. Oh, and keep you. doing your thing. I can't wait to see you on the screen. Or I mean, if you're not in it, I would love to still see your story. Wait,
2: you're so funny. My mom said, "Who's playing yeah, me?" You should at, totally no, play no, herself. She didn't, no, she didn't say me. She, <laughs> Who's her? playing me. My mother. My mother said that. I said, "Mom, we're not. What are you talking about?" Yeah. But it's funny the question. That people have, I'm like, I just want it brought to light, you know. Right, I just right. want it out there. I don't care who's in it. But
1: hey, if you have acting in you, you might as well jump in the role. We'll see. Okay, <laughs> well, good luck with that. Thank you. Let everybody know where they can follow you and hit you up. You're very, very um interactive in your yeah. Instagram. I always
2: respond on DMs, and you know, I'm all over Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. I, you know, you can just get me my website, heathermonahan.com. I've got tons of videos. I've got a free ebook there, and I've got an accountability partner to that if you sign up for you'll get an email from me every day helping you to stay focused on creating your confidence. Love it. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank Good you. luck with everything. Thank you. Thank
1: you for
0: being here. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you can follow us on all social media platforms at
1: Girls Gone Boss and leave us a review. Us, yes, we need reviews, guys. Thank you so much. And I'm sure you're going to love this one. So leave us reviews. Let us know what you think of Heather and keep in touch. Bye. Bye.
0: You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.